know it's hard to have a bad race. Um, that's when we learn the most. That's when we grow the most. So we have to embrace those uh, defeats as well as the victories, knowing that uh, both are needed for our growth and progress in this sport. Welcome to the Beck and Siri Show. And here at Team Series Tri Club, it's not just about swim, bike, run. It's about who you become. On our show, we don't just talk to you about swimming, cycling, and running. We talk about mindset. We talk about fearless authenticity and being your very best self. Hey there, and today's Team Serious Tri Club live chat. Beck and Siri talk about hormones and athletes as they age, faster transitions, and how to handle a panic attack in the water. Sorry for some of the audio quality this week. We'll try and sort that out for next week. Hope you enjoy it. Hey, everybody. I hope you all had an amazing weekend. Um, I'm going to have Beck talk about her athletes when she gets on. But for me, um, we had an awesome weekend of racing. We had Marinda Carfrey won at Ironman Victoria 70.3. She had an amazing race. Um, Monica Iacometti came in sixth. I believe in her age group, or eighth maybe, um, in her 55 to 59 age group, which I can't even believe because she looks about 25. Um, we had Per Van Vlerken came in fifth in an Olympic distance race in Germany, and he had a personal best time for the Olympic distance, so we are super excited about that. I need them. Um, it's um, a good sign for Ironman Frankfurt coming up. Good confidence builder. We have Anya Ipech uh, came in fourth at the Challenge Championship. She had a fabulous race. It was a very, very uh, strong field. Uh, Lucy Charles won. Anya came in fourth, and Ellie Saltas came in seventh. We learned a lot from the race yesterday, which is always a great thing, even though it's hard to have a bad race, um, that's when we learn the most, that's when we grow the most, so we have to embrace those uh, defeats as well as the victories, knowing that uh, both are needed for our growth and progress in this sport. Um, we have Meg Schaefer, uh, had an amazing race, sixth overall at the Pigman Triathlon. Um, she has had just an incredible season, so I'm so proud of her. And I think that's about it for me. Beck, what about you? Can you put your little face yeah, in? I had um, Nicole Deback racing Deback racing in Hawaii, um, 70.3, and she did amazing. Uh, it was her first race back after some really uh, difficult personal um, issues with her health and everything like that. And um, she had an amazing day. Byron just bit my foot. She did 6.01. And I was a PR on the bike and the run, and um, it was 93 degrees and 90% humidity. So I was really, really proud of that. Amazing. That is um, awesome. We also had, I'm trying to think who else I had racing. Let me remember. Oh, Kim Michael Lee raced also in Hawaii and had a really, really good day. She's like a raceaholic. Um, I think and Kim is addicted to racing, so we're cutting back a little bit on the <laughs> races this year. Um, and Didn't Laura race in, in Hawaii, or no? No. Okay. She was there watching and cheering. Okay, got it. Um, and this weekend I have Justin Maples racing. Um, well that's, Vanessa that's, raced. That's TBD. 
Um, Ness and I don't talk about little sprints that don't mean anything okay. because it puts too much. It just puts too much pressure. So she did yeah, win her. Okay. She did win yeah. her sprint race, but she doesn't like. She doesn't like displaying her her uh, excelling in a little mini hometown sprint race. So I like that. Okay. Um, and um, oh yeah, no no, who's racing? Uh, right. Um, yeah. Justin Maples is a TBD by tomorrow, whether we um, do the race or not. But he's likely racing. Maddie Bell is racing, and we have. I'm missing somebody. Come back to me on that because there's somebody else as well. But we have those guys racing this weekend. Who do you have racing? Anyone? Um. One of my future athletes is racing this weekend, Claire Bruce. Um, we haven't started together future yet, but athletes. she is uh, racing Ironman Boulder, which will be a great indicator of where she's at and mm -hmm. a good starting point. Oh, Ironman Boulder. Is she local? Um, no, she lives in so New York. So that's going to hurt. Yeah. yeah. Anyone coming to Altitude, you should listen to our Altitude talk because um, it's so hard to acclimate if you're coming from sea level. It's almost really not a good decision but if you're really 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 fit and you're okay at handling the altitude and you're being used to the altitude then uh, i'd recommend it but over the full distance it's a it's a good test for fitness that's for sure yeah awesome it's really really hard and it is hard and it will um who's it's hard on the Boulder? body too yeah who's moving to Boulder? oh who's moving to madison maddie i'm reading well, what she's you read moving there. to boulder i mean madison oh oh yeah Okay. Who's that? It doesn't know. make sense, Maddie, but tell us because yeah. we can't wait to hear. Um, so, guys, let's get on to some questions. Oh, Lindsay. cool. I awesome. just remembered Lindsay's racing her first 70.3 oh, this weekend. Oh, wow. That's Sorry, exciting. Lindsay. Yes, she's going to have an amazing day. Oh, that's awesome. That's very exciting. Can you guys hear us all okay? Because Siri's phone sometimes Hi, Janet. doesn't work. Yeah, no, I took the cover off. Okay. That's why it works. Um, so, guys, it's great being here. I'm sorry I've missed a few weeks. I have been traveling all over the world. Um, just so happy to be home for a couple of days. It's heaven being home. Um, I love the traveling because I know that I'm making a difference in the world and that means everything to me. Um, but I really miss my wife and I miss my family and I miss you guys. Um, and we have 23 horses now. 25 now. Eight new it? additions. We have 25. Yeah. I told so, my wife for her birthday she could save two and she ended up saving seven and then i felt sorry for a little mini mule that was left behind by another rescue and the poor little mini mule was all by herself and i said we have to take her to poor little thing so, so we have eight. eight so we have 25 so <laughs> vanessa cook i hope you're not listening you're gonna kill us hey maddie like time to come back and limits. help us muck <laughs> we kidding. have amazing help here with our ranch hen, so we're very grateful. Yeah, we are very grateful. And that's and what happens been... when wifey's birthday comes up and she gets emotional. We save, end up saving eight horses. So hopefully we've got another year until that happens again. Hi, Brian. How are you, Brian? We love you. Um, yeah, but I've missed you all, so please, while I'm here, use questions, me. Questions, questions. I know questions. someone asked when is they called it Queen Siri or, huh? What do they call her? I forget that what they called you, Her Majesty. They said, when is Her oh, Majesty back oh, on... That's ridiculous. When is Her Majesty back on the live chat? Because she really has been MIA the last two months I, or so. I am so sorry, but She's guys. never been here. So, you guys, um, yeah, let us know, because Siri's here. So, ask, ask, ask. Hey, Mark Siegel, how are you? Hi, everybody. Um, it's great to see all of you. I would love to hear, because um, I definitely get on the Facebook page. Oh, there was one, someone asking about hormones and female hormones and how mm. they adjust when... This is something I wanted to touch on, older athletes. So, when I say older, I just... I, I mean, older could be 70, but I still feel like after 40 is when your body starts to 
slow down a little bit, you get more niggles. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, and I think that the first thing that um, older athletes think about is, oh, I should start taking hormones. I totally disagree. Um, I feel that as we get older, it kind of becomes even that much more important the way that we eat and hydrating our bodies and getting the rest that we need. And I feel like if you can do that, you can kind of um, remove a lot of those symptoms that come with menopause for women and whatever happens for men, I don't know because I'm not one. Um, but you guys can I share that with us. I think just like sperm um, and testosterone until like... Oh, wow, really? Because can't you get pregnant? Like can't seven-year-olds still get Yeah, my grandfather, pregnant? I have... My uncle is like 20 years old now. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Or maybe not 20. He might That's be 30. Terrible. But he was like... So my grandfather was popping out, you know, sperm I when know he was 80. I know testosterone drops, but I know they can still... Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he was amazing. Um, but guys, so for women um, that are going like premenopausal or menopausal, sometimes you have to go that route. But I truly do. I truly do believe that if you really pay attention, and Beck is so good at this, eating organically, eating you know um, just really fresh, getting rid of preservatives, getting rid of all the crap stuff that you can ward off those yucky, yucky symptoms of menopause. Um, I believe we can do it naturally, um, but it's a personal preference. There's I definitely think. herbal, those herbal supplements and certain foods you can eat. I don't know if it can help, definitely can't help the progress of hormones being uh, reduced, like your hormone production. This can't help that because that's a natural process of life. Unfortunately, we're not all here forever. But if anybody wants more information on that, my mom is like a hormone expert. And I said that, and she goes, don't say that, but she's worked with IVF. In IVF, had the highest fertility rate in the entire world back in uh, early 2000s and was on 60 Minutes in Australia for being one of the uh, most renowned uh, nurses which uh, who designed a technique to help people get getting pregnant when it comes to IVF. So she's amazing with, with that stuff. I know that um, it does drop off, and I mean, I think my mom went through menopause at like 40, so... Um, wow. Good luck to me. I'm 41. I'm in trouble. <laughs> she's nine years older, and Siri was still fine when she's 70. I do. Have, um, I have a story to share. Excuse all, excuse all the men um, on yeah, here listening. Sorry, guys. No, but I was going to say, um, I'm going to get one of our new girls on here who's just finished at the um, Cleveland Clinic learning under Chris Cressa as a functional medicine specialist. Um, and she has a certificate now in that in the last two years she's been doing it and I really want to talk to her because I t honestly believe that all chronic disease is caused by um, some sort of microbiome dispersers in your stomach which is by your, the food you, that you eat. It's a terrible western diet that we have. So, And Mary Carmen will agree with me on this and I really think that 99% of chronic disease is caused by uh, our terrible diet and also it can be other things like um, poisoning in the system. We both had arsenic poisoning and that really messed us mm. up. But um, certain someone tried to kill us, I think. Yeah, it was <laughs> very strange. Poisoning yeah. or something, some sort of, um, uh, like I know Lyme disease can cause that, that sort of thing too. But anyway, I'm going to bring somebody on in the next couple of weeks to talk about that because I'm intrigued by it. Guys, if you're ever feeling like your testosterone and levels too, because might a lot be low. Of women and have, women too. I've had a lot of women athletes just recently actually they've had really low DHEA and testosterone and mine was always terrible. It came with the territory. But I would, you have to reduce your training, like three things, reduce yeah. your training. We don't really do a lot of lifting, but I think if you're male, definitely like the, the heavier, like I do a drop set of like eight, six, four or something like that, where it gets really, really heavy a couple times a week. And then 
um, just changing your diet and getting in your iron. And I think if you're not um, uh, eating like lots of meat or protein, I think you can still get that from dietary supplements. But I, I do, I, as much as I hate re not eating, hate eating red meat. I think sometimes that your body is craving that, and you just have to do yeah. it. So. Um, so there are always ways to do things naturally. I believe. Um, now, there was a question a little while back, I think it was Janet, asking about drills for improving transition times. I wanted to quickly also say that someone asked about training load with mature athletes, and this is really important, and I know Maddie will um, want to listen to this too, because she's started coaching, and she's used to coaching, I guess, looking after younger athletes and, and kids and teenagers and in the 20s, 30s. I've coached a lot of, um, <laughs> but it's it's um, reducing the obviously the load and the intensity and being very very careful with the speed work. We do a lot more builds. Um, the turnovers even you've got to be really careful. You've got to start with kind of like a moderate pace and build up to the speed. Um, you've got to do a longer warm up. Um, the big gear stuff you've got to be careful. You've got to warm into that as well, like slowly drop down. Yeah, and uh, and uh, big gear work. Be more careful with your joints and your muscles and everything like that and um, not going straight into like a lower, lower gear I'd build into that. So a lot of more build stuff. Um, the speed in the pool isn't so much as a problem because it's not weight bearing, but I also think that with rotator injuries and shoulders and stuff, it's just harder to get that, um, that speed work without hurting your shoulders. So again, it's just building into the speed, longer warm-ups. What else would you recommend? I would say it? that the most important thing is make sure you build a foundation of strength like have a real big block of strength building so that you're working from a really solid foundation that will i believe prevent most injuries it's when we try and go super fast without having yes. done that foundational strength work that we get injured so mm -hmm. that's why in the off season i am always starting with a ton of strength work uh, before we start doing anything super fast so that's the key don't try and do speed uh, before you've done the work to build up your strength. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and someone was asking about faster transitions. Uh, faster transitions, and you're not going to like hearing this, but uh, for me, because I raised... Do you have the cup. fastest transition every time? But, so this is what it took, though. Like, I would set up a mock transition area, and I would literally go through, you know, getting onto the bike, into the shoes, you know, um, and then doing the bike to the run like a hundred times over so that it just became something that my body knew how to do. But um, I would say the biggest thing that helped me was um, if you have your shoes on the bike, hopping on the bike or getting on your bike, start pedaling, get up to speed. Then undo one of the shoes, put one foot in, don't do it up oh, yet, start pedaling again, get back up to speed. Then you put the other foot in the other shoe start pedaling get back up to speed then you pull the strap over get back up to speed start pedaling then you bring the other strap over start pedaling again up to speed so mm -hmm. you do it mm -hmm. in steps um, because some people will try and get both shoes on everything all set and then they start riding you're gonna lose so much time that way do it in oh steps you can be Where's riding and do it in steps so that you never slow down and you're continually moving forward as you get your feet in the shoes. I found that was super helpful and um, yeah, anything so you want to add? She's that? actually that was great, but that's actually not what she was asking. Well, that's going to help people. No, though. definitely help. 
Um, not packing everything, and Siri wouldn't know because she's never packed a T1, T2 bag, but I can probably help with yeah. this, but she's seen me pack plenty of bags. Yeah. So you can probably no, help. No, go ahead. I used to pack everything pretty much but the kitchen sink anyway. I wouldn't worry too much, um, Jen, about what's in there because, you know, you've got it in there and you just use what you need to. It's not like you need to unpack the whole bag. I actually... I'm not against you having a ton of stuff in there unless you're worried about running with it and it being heavy or whatever because you literally grab it, throw it out, and then anything that's not used, they put back in the plastic bag and you get it after the race. So I would just, I mean, if the bare essentials, I, I still feel like you want to have, um, usually you have to have your helmet in there, so you'd have your helmet, your socks, um, your number. I don't wear my number under my suit. Um, unless it's a wetsuit, sometimes I'll put my number belt under. If it's if it's an Ironman, I don't. Um, your number belt, um, and then your if you've got a cycling jersey with all the food in it and as much food as you need. I usually pack the food into my pockets, the one the ones that doesn't per isn't perishable, and then just put the shirt on um, over the top. Just put it over the top of me. Remember to have your helmet on second because you can't put it over the top of your helmet. I made that mistake one time. Um, and they're kind of the bare essentials. You usually want Vaseline. I don't wear a sunscreen because I feel like your skin can't breathe. It actually blocks the pores and you can't sweat. And I think that makes you actually even hotter. So I'm very against sunscreen, although it's awful. I don't think it matters to get burnt maybe once or twice in your lifetime. I think it's it's kind of worth the risk. But um, Terry, can you think of anything else? No, I think that's brilliant. I always say to my athletes, bring have more oh, yeah. available than you expect to need because... The last thing you want is to lose all your nutrition on the bike and not have backup. Mm -hmm. So I tell all my athletes, you need to have double what you need in case mm -hmm. you lose something so that you know you have more. Always bring a second pair of goggles. Yeah. Always bring a second pair of shoes, whatever. A T1, T2 bag. Yeah. yeah, I would always bring extra should you lose something. You don't want to leave any room for... Um, you know, something getting in the way of you finishing the race or having your best race. So be prepared. Have extra. Have extra bolts I, for our bikes. I mean, I, I have that on my bike. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I, I remember in being in another country and and this super important bolt on my bike. Um, I threaded it, and it was going to take two weeks to <laughs> get probably one. Threaded it every so, time like, it. you need to have those things that you know you won't be able to easily find somewhere. Bring extra. Be prepared. That would be my biggest advice. Yeah. Uh, that's definitely pre-race and everything. I think T1, T2, I, I wouldn't be putting spare bolts in there or anything, but I'd definitely have extra food, um, have more than, than enough, and don't worry if you have the whole kitchen sink, Jenna. It doesn't really matter. Um, sometimes, though, you don't always get the bag back, so I wouldn't be putting anything Thing, like an extra pair of Oakley glasses because they may also should say Rudy Project sorry not yeah, Oakley Rudy. my god what's god. Going on? What Rudy is? Project sunglasses because sometimes you may not get them back but um, I know for the for the run transition I always have my visor um, um, and a second number belt and then socks Vaseline um, and the, the trick is actually to put the Vaseline on under your socks and that actually is really good because you're very un all the run goo it's very unlikely that you'll get um, blisters if you do that and the big trick is long socks. So this is silly, but socks up to your calf or just before your uh, calf muscle starts. Ellie told me this, and I never really knew this trick to it, but it's when you drip sweat down your legs and pour water over your head, those socks absorb the water more quickly, and it won't drip as far down into your wet shoes. So it's actually good to have really long socks that absorb... Um, the water when you're pouring water over your head and it's less likely that your foot or your shoe is going to get um you're going to get wet socks so that's awesome really good yeah tip. that's great advice um i just want to before this comment goes away um maddie wants to mention oh. that 
Lisa Lapari finished top. Oh, that's 15 amazing! In her age, out of a hundred, does that say a hundred women at seventy point three Connecticut? Boom! That's awesome. Um, Cam, good morning. And Maddie also gave some advice: bring spare contacts in case they fall out on the swim. That's great advice. What yeah, age do awesome. you consider mature? You know, I well, I, I felt like a kid, I and I just turned hey. fifty. I just turned 50, guys. I feel like I'm 20. So, you guys, this was kind of funny, but not so funny. I was in New York um, giving a speech, and it was in this huge atrium, like this huge building um, that was all glass, but it was massive, and there were like 800 people, and there was an open bar. <laughs> an open bar. And so half the group was partying up a storm and the acoustics were so bad because it was this massive room and I had this tiny microphone and I had to um, like deliver a speech to the 400 or so people right in front of me even though I could hear the other 400 drinking and partying behind them and it was like it was the ultimate um, practice for having to focus under Total chaos. I would have been terrible. And I'll never forget, I had an athlete, and he now, um, Colin O'Brady, he I now mean, is doing amazing he's things. Climbing he's like, like climbing like outdoors. Yeah, he's doing amazing that. things. I mean, not outdoors. Look him up. He's like awesome. But when I was coaching him as my athlete, he had trouble focusing, like at races when there'd be like people on the sidelines and, you know, hot dog stands cooking hot dogs and all kinds of stuff going on, and he would get very distracted. So I remember we were in Noosa, Australia, and I would have him go to the kiddie pool um, after school where it was just complete chaos, like kids screaming and splashing and parents talking and all this stuff. And I would make him go and meditate during that really busy hour. And at first it was just completely frustrating. He's like, I just, I can't even, like, that's just ridiculous that you're asking me to do this. But I knew that once he was able to find a way to fully remove himself from the chaos and focus on his breathing and his, you know, just getting into that meditational state, that that would, like, benefit him so much in races. And it really did help a ton. It was an amazing exercise, and he hated it, but it paid off in the end. So that's just an idea for all of us. When you're in a moment of chaos try to find your peace try to come within try to listen and feel your breathing try to come to a place where you can be fully centered regardless of everything going on around you yeah i was going to go back to the mature someone asked about what age is mature and um for me only because as a pro i started to get more injuries and niggles i feel like after about 37 is when you i wouldn't call that mature but we're trying what we're trying to say is that after about 35 to 40 um, is when your body starts to, for most people, starts to get little niggles and things you need to pay more attention to and because these niggles can turn into injuries. So I know we did um, something, posted something today about um, listening to the body and if you feel that niggle coming on, um, 3 out of 10, um, you're better off to like have a couple of days off training rather than wait till it's a 7 out of 10 than have to have 3 months. And I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes and you won't make it twice, well you should make it twice, sometimes you do. But the first time I had a bad injury and I just pushed through, pushed through, pushed through, I had a stress fracture for like 3 or 4 months and you just, you learn from that and you really have to be smart and people freak out, I'm going to lose fitness in like 3 days or I'm going to lose fitness in a week and you actually 
don't you lose in a week about not even one percent in four weeks you only lose three or four percent and then it starts to drop off pretty quickly but you can basically have two weeks of nothing and only lose like three or four percent max like you that lose actually, your feel and that's that actually the, specifically a scientific research on these two to support show that people only lost about three to four percent and you'll get that back in the same amount of time you've had off so if you have two weeks off you get it back in about two weeks so yeah, there you awesome. Go. The biggest thing you'll lose is your feel, which just getting back a few days and getting back into and things and focusing on your form, <laughs> it comes right back. But yes, it's your mind. Like it's Perfect. those of us that say, "Oh my God, I've had a week off. I've I'm lost so, everything." Ellie said last week, "I feel so unfit." Yeah. She'd had like one week off. But we can convince <laughs> ourselves of of anything and that's where those thoughts become really dangerous because subconsciously we will always be trying to prove ourselves right whatever our thoughts are we don't know that we're doing this but if i say i'm totally unfit i will actually go out and in every session that i do because i'm telling myself how unfit i am even if i'm not i will find a way to create that because we always want to be true to what we believe is our identity at that time. And mm -hmm. it's subconscious, you don't, or it's, un, what do you call it, unconscious, yeah, unconscious whatever. Yeah. Um, but so really be aware of the things that you say to yourself. Mm -hmm. Because you will get exactly what you're thinking. So if you think you're being hard on yourself, like you're not serving yourself, um, you're actually hurting yourself, and your chances of actually, you know, performing, feeling totally unfit, um, will happen, but it's more because that's what you're looking for, so that's what you're going to get. Yeah, and Meg I, Schaefer. I totally agree, because I've heard athletes say, oh, I'm a terrible climber. It's like, if you keep telling yourself you're a terrible climber and you're not great at climbing hills, you're never going to be. I used to tell, I used to tell everybody that I couldn't run hills, and the truth was I just didn't really enjoy it. But once I started to get really fit at it and just worked and worked and worked at it, I became ended up being like a great runner over the hilly run course was my best. I remember St. George. Mm -hmm. I think I still had the fastest run there, yeah. like 119. Like, you did. But it was all in my head. I kept telling myself that I wasn't a hill runner because I was a bigger, heavier runner. Like I remember someone saying, oh, she's like a big girl. And um, I'll never forget that. So I was convinced that I was a bigger girl and I couldn't run good over uh, hilly courses. But it just it's honestly just that shift and just giving yourself the, the honest confidence and, and working on that, working on that mentally and physically. Absolutely. And it's kind of the same thing, like if you're constantly focused on your problems, um, you're never going to find a solution because you're just dwelling on the problem. So if you thought you were a bad hill runner that instead of say just walking around and thinking oh i can't oh there's a hill on this course oh i'm gonna suck like go out and practice uphill and downhill run form and read about uphill downhill run form or ask us questions about it like be proactive in focusing on the solutions not the problems yeah exactly hi karen we okay guys you. you really everyone's been begging to have siri back on here but i don't really oh, that's think, really nice you're just making me feel good i don't really i was just saying it yeah i know Thanks, um babe. no but everyone has been begging to have siri back but i want more questions because um we have to justify bringing her on because we all know how busy she is and she literally got back from australia a couple of days ago so please 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 ask questions now because i know there's definitely some especially the mindset stuff that you guys want to ask um ask her while she's here and i missed week, you guys a lot yeah i've missed you guys because next week we're not here we're in california so we will not have a live chat it's our, actually our first family holiday ever with myself siri her mom and my mom and sister so we do not have a live chat on monday um it'll be the following monday so please ask questions now and um and if you think of other questions yes, guys Kim. 
You can always put them on the website. On the wall. Oh, yeah, get them on the website. We won't see them. Put them on the on the Facebook wall. Yeah, that's what I mean. On the Facebook yeah. wall. That's what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? Let's bring what up. Is the let's bring way, up. What is the safest way to work on hill training? Okay, Janet. Do you mean um, riding or running? It doesn't really matter. We can tell you both. Um, safest way to safest way. I, I think she means injury wise or safety wise as in cars. I would say, cars. Janet, the perfect opportunity is to find a rolling hills run for right. your easy run mm -hmm. and just focus on perfect uphill run form and perfect downhill run form. When you run downhill properly, even though you'll be running super, super fast, it should not be a injury lot of effort. Wise because you're anchoring through your core and you're literally just letting your legs do all the work without breaking. So you can get away on an easy run, focusing on your uphill, downhill run form. Um, it's a perfect time to do that and it actually makes that easy run even easier when you're doing it with proper form. So injury-wise, um, I would say don't follow don't up. the downhills. Um, you don't, don't sprint it, do it with good form and you won't have yeah. an issue at all. I would, I would jog slowly on the downhills if you're prone to injury because that will be much better for you. Unless you're yeah. braking, then that's going to be worse for you. No, if you go really slow, I think, if it's not too steep, yeah. Or, yeah. or walk down the hills if you're prone to getting injury for sure. Here are some crucial things. <laughs> if you've done a hard speed session, do not follow that up with a hill session the next day. Or if you've mm, done a hard hill session and your calves are tight, do not follow that up with a speed session unless you have no issues with that. So you want to really be aware that mm -hmm. if you have sore calves or tight calves, which can also lead to plantar fasciitis, if you have plantar fasciitis that, or Achilles problems, that comes initially from your calves being super tight. If you have super tight calves, that is not the time to do speed work. It's not the time to do hill work. So, But if you have no issues, as long as you're spreading those two sessions out, you will be good to go. And by building that strength on the hills, again, your likelihood of getting injured is going to be a lot less because you're building up strength, and that is going to keep you injured. And Jenna, I'd start with, and I know some people find the treadmill easier, some find it not easier and I think if you're living in Florida and it's dead flat you have to use a treadmill for strength sessions and on the run it's otherwise you just can't do them um when a couple of my athletes live there but start with like just one minute at like not too steep an incline like four or five six percent and then do it like five to ten minutes worth of that then build up to two minutes then three minutes then you know slowly gradually build up uh, the time that you're doing at the incline and then you can eventually go to like 12% for just a minute but I would build it up over a few weeks and we do that in our programs anyway like we, we usually do that so um, I would just be mindful of that if you haven't ever done hill work start with one minute then two minutes a couple of weeks later and really to do the hill or strength work um, you don't have to do it every week you do it every second week you don't need to be doing it every single week yeah, yeah. awesome I want to answer Brian. Brian's question um, for the first time swimming in really cold water and, oh, you're doing Alcatraz. Is a mindset how you jump off this boat and you know how to swim or just do it? Okay, you need to actually reach out to Ann Perry. Ann Perry has a ma an amazing tip for the Alcatraz swim of the positioning for that. So please, please, please make sure you do that. Amazing and tip. you're going to jump in, not dive, Brian. Um, I had the first time I ever, ever came out in the front pack in a World Cup race 
we were in Toronto and the water was, I believe, 14 degrees Celsius. What is that Fahrenheit? Really cold, like 40 something. Pretty cold. It was like 48 degrees Fahrenheit. Anyhow, the reason why I got in the front pack on that day is that I was remembering I used to do ice baths all the time and you cannot keep lifting your legs out of the water because it just takes, you're going to be in pain even longer. If you submerge your legs and leave them in there and just force yourself to keep them in there, they go numb a lot quicker and then it doesn't hurt anymore. So on this day, all the others were lifting their heads out and taking breaths and all this and I thought, I just want my head to go numb. So I put my head under the water and I did for like the first 20 seconds or something, I did not lift my head out of the water. My head went completely numb and it didn't hurt at all. So while everyone else was stopping and lifting their heads out, I was just moving forward and suddenly I found myself at the front of the pack, which was the greatest moment of my entire triathlon career. So get adjusted to the cold by really just disciplining yourself to to stay under the water as long as you can as you're swimming get numb and then focus on you know your sighting and all of that but that'll make it a lot easier don't try and dive off the boat just jump off the boat you're going to be absolutely fine it's a great adventure you know you chose to do this race which means that it excites you the thought of doing escape from alcatraz so feel grateful jump off that boat excited i'm doing something that like not many people have ever done and this is such an incredible like challenge and adventure just enjoy it be grateful do your best stay i would relaxed. wear a neoprene cap that's a great idea maddie we've lost in it this is lost in it um i'll wear a neoprene cap because they're amazing and you put them actually uh you can even put it if it does right under the chin you put it right over your normal cap if it's one that doesn't go under your chin that can, that can come off then i would wear your other cap over the top of the neoprene but if it's the one i would buy the one with the chin strap and i they're amazing they really really help and they come right down here and it definitely helps um you stay warm so i would definitely recommend that justin was asking let's quickly sir can you answer this yep. one because he's my athlete yeah. so i want your awesome. answer to this one what is your best practice for handling an increased stress load at work during peak training time so guys at work that is really and he, this really, guy works as air traffic control so this yeah, guy that's needs a to lot be of strong all the time so guys here's the important thing that you need to remember stress whether it comes from you know your job your relationship or hard training stress your body will react to stress in the same way so when you're stressed okay you need to remove some of that stress and if work is something that's not going to change you need to do less training you need to cut things down instead of doing 10 intervals do five instead of riding four hours do two um, you really need to respect the fact that stress is stress and you will not do yourself or anyone else any good by pushing through and trying to stick to your training plan and your work and all the other stress you're just going to get sick you're going to get exhausted you're going to be in a negative state of mind so when work gets hard what i do with my athletes is i cut down their their workload and I communication with your communicate you have to communicate yeah. absolutely you have you've to got talk to your coach, talk to your coach because as coaches we will always make adjustments. I do this with Meg Schaefer who is an extremely busy mom and amazing. Uh, she's a doctor and she's incredible and she also trains super hard but there are weeks when I've had to cut down her training in half in order to fit her schedule so that we didn't accumulate all this added stress 
and and then like this week she has a ton of extra time so we're going to work her extra hard and we're going to get that extra training in but again you will not do yourself any good pushing through trying to get your max training done while under that kind of stress you're only going to get sick and injured so cut down the training cut down the intensity talk to your coach communicate make those changes meg schaefer is absolutely on fire this year and we have many times I've had to cut down her schedule in half, um, even three quarters, and she's absolutely killing it because we have never, ever taken her to the point where she is overstressed and getting sick and getting injured. So, Meg, kudos to you for your honesty and for communicating. Um, and, Justin, you need to do the same, and you guys will come up with the perfect plan. Yeah, yeah so there you go. Thanks, you Meg. Go. Heck yes. Okay, no more questions, That's guys. We've got, like, let's go yes. 10 more seconds. we get 10 seconds to write up your last question, and then we're going to go. So let us know, you guys. <laughs> you guys are the best. I know how she has so proud of you. Dr. And she trains. Like, and she just, just got married a year ago. It's almost her one-year anniversary. Amazing. amazing. She's kicking ass. I'm so proud of you, yeah. Meg. Um, guys, anyone else? Because I actually have to get off soon. I don't know if you can Where stay Where are you going? Up. I have another meeting in my office. So. Who with? Uh, I can't share that. <laughs> well, if there's no more questions, I won't stay on, but I'll see if our guys have any more questions for me. Because I really want to say good luck to Maddie Veller. They're going to be literally riding past our house. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Justin Maples and uh, Lindsay Herbert, who's racing her 70.3. So keep good luck, guys. Them. That's going to be amazing. Remember, fuel, drink is the most important thing. Like, people forget you got to have the liquid with the carbs. People will have their, their shots or their gels, 25 grams of carb, and not have any fluid with it. Just a little sip. You need 250 mils of water with every 25 grams of carbs. So That's right. You have to have that to absorb and, and not have, get stomach cramps. I had a guy on the weekend who was having 70 at a time and drinking just little sips of water. And his stomach just shut down because you need that water to digest it, guys. So don't forget that. That's just as important. It's not going to be too hot, which is great. So I think one water, one electrolyte every hour it would be plenty. And you may not need salt if you've been salting up to the hour, but I would take it just in case. Take a little bit, like 250 milligrams or something like that. One last question, which I do want to answer, Justin. How to handle panic attack in the water? Mm -hmm. The biggest thing you need to say to yourself is instead of, like, adding fuel to the fire and saying, I'm having a panic attack, I'm having a panic attack, you're just going to panic even more, mm -hmm. say, okay, what's the truth here? What's the truth here? Are you going to die? No. Are you going to drown? No. Can you roll over on your back and take some deep breaths? Of course you can. Just just chill out, slow down, back off, stop swimming if you need to. Just look at the beautiful view, okay, and remind yourself that everything is going to be okay. You're not going to die. You're not, and instead of saying, I'm having a panic attack, I'm having a panic attack, you're just going to go into this negative spiral, focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. In that moment, you may not have control, but focus on what you do have. You've got a ton of people around you. There's a lifeguard up ahead. It's a beautiful day. You're fit. You're strong. You know that you have all of these things that mean you're going to be okay. Focus on what you want to feel, not on what you don't want to feel. Instead of saying, oh, my God, I'm feeling panicked. Take I'm feeling really panicked. really slow, deep breaths. Say, I want thing. to feel more relaxed, deep, so deep I'm just going to stop swimming. I'm going to take a few breaths here. I'm going to lie on my back and just breathe. And then focus on what you can do to feel better. I'm just going to slow down. I'm going to build up a nice rhythm. I'm going to get on some feed. I'm, I know I'm fit. I know I'm strong. I know I have everything I need to calm down and get this done. 
Focus on what you want, not on what you don't want. Focus on what you have, not on what you don't have. And focus on what you want to feel. And just be and just take proactive. Some really slow breaths. Yeah. I would stop, actually, if, if, if yeah, you Yeah, I would, too. To, I would stop. Yeah, totally. Take some really deep, deep breaths. Because when I've seen people having panic attacks, they say, I'm having a panic attack, I'm having a panic attack. And they go, because ah, 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 they're just, just focusing on their breathing. So yeah. I would think about just big, deep breaths. And that will actually take the focus away from everything else. So I take big, deep breaths. And just stop. Yeah, I have one one last and thing, you can Justin. Float. That you I be think in a wetsuit, Justin, so you can just float on your back. Anyway, I'm not saying you're going to have one, but if it did happen. But guys, let me down. ask you this: If you were swimming side by side with your son, your daughter, your mom, or your dad, <clears throat> and they were having a panic attack, what would you say to them? Would you say, oh, my God, oh, my God, you're having a panic attack, you're having a panic attack, oh, my God. Or would you say, hey, don't worry, just calm down. Take a deep breath, chill out, let's just slow down, and then we'll get going again. Why don't again. you tell them what happened to because you on stage? I want you guys to speak to yourself like you would someone that you love and care about and want to take care of. Talk to yourself like you would your son or your daughter. Talk to yourself like you would your mom or your dad in that situation. That's what you do. It happens to everyone. Siri actually had a mild, like, thought she was going to have a panic attack on stage at one of the biggest events in front of 15,000 people. I didn't even notice it, so she obviously controlled it, but it can even happen to people like Siri. So don't think, oh, I'm, I'm weird, I'm stupid, yeah. this is embarrassing. Yeah. Like, if Siri can have one. I took a moment. I took a deep and breath. And she asked me, did you notice? And I actually she didn't. didn't. Notice. I noticed a pause, but I just thought it was deliberate. And actually, it ended up serving her more than it did. Anything. Yeah, it ended up being well, a blessing what did you think of when that happened? I took a deep breath. I put my hand on my heart. And I said, just take a moment. Everything's going to be fine. And I spoke to myself like I would someone I loved. Like mm -hmm. if you were, if you, if it was happening to you. Guys, we need to speak to ourselves like we would the people we love and care about the most in our lives. Mm -hmm. Because, think about it, you are with yourself every second of every minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year, of every decade. Treat yourself kindly with love, support yourself, and encourage yourself, and treat yourself like you would the people you love the most, period. Guys, I need to go. I love you all. I thank you for being here. We love this team. You guys are incredible. Thank you, Kim. And I love you, my wife. I have my first one in 20 years of swimming. It's scary, but Siri is right. I started counting. Nice. My arm strokes and distance. Yep. And Good. just slowing down. Yeah. Yep. We awesome. love you guys. Please thank Siri for being on. Oh, guys, you don't it's have to be a long time. But well, I promise I'll try and get her on more than... But how amazing is my wife, guys? She's pretty freaking incredible, right? I'm so <laughs> proud of her. Um, I love you all, and I'll see you soon. Thank Bye you. Bye, guys.